In our podcast miniseries, Made by Microbes, we explore new ways of microbial production. The range of microbial products is widening, with advances in life sciences that enable microbes to produce substances that are naturally produced by animals or plants. We invite people whose daily work is deeply rooted in microbial research to share their insights and discuss the expected impact of biotechnology on our everyday life. Welcome to Made by Microbes. My name is Barbara Imhoff, and uh, I'd like to also welcome you to our episode today in vitro and in vivo, an episode that addresses different stages of microbial research. The research in academic institutions and the research and development of their industrial partners. At industrial scale, microbes are producing many different types of useful substances. The development of a desired microbial product starts in the laboratories, the so-called in vitro processes, where microbes are grown in specific devices, in tubes, in petri dishes that were historically made from glass. That's where the name comes from, in vitro, in the glass, and are later tested in vivo, in living organisms. So today we will talk about in vitro and in vivo processes, and especially we will talk about the potential of microbial production for human health and the challenges arising during the research process and the production on a larger scale. We welcome Felipe Lombo. Hi, Felipe. Hello, good morning. And we also welcome Irina Biljajeva. Hello. 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 Felipe coordinates the Bionuk Research Group, where 15 researchers develop new biotechnological processes on different bioactive compounds. Bionuk Research Group is part of the Cancer Research Institute at the University of Oviedo in Spain, and is also part of the Health Research Institute from the Principality of Asturias, a province in Spain. Philip is author of five international patents in the pharmaceutical sector. I'm looking forward to hear more about how you got into that field. But first, I'd like to introduce Irina Biljajeva. She works at ADM Biopolis in Valencia, in Spain. And Biopolis is part of Archer Daniels Midland ADM Group, one of the largest agricultural companies in the world. Biopolis is focused on research and development of functional ingredients for food and feed applications. It has a large experience in design and development of microbial strains and metabolites and the production at an industrial scale, so big scale. Irina is responsible for open innovation management at ADM Nutrition Science and Technology. So the first question now to both of you. You're working in the development of microbial production, but in different contexts, in academia and in industry. So maybe first you could tell us about your personal background. How did you get to the position you are now currently in? Felipe, would you like to start? Okay, thank you, Barbara. Well, in my case, I am a doctor in biology. And actually, I'm working in molecular microbiology. I made my degree in biology at the University of Oviedo here in Spain, and also my PhD in this university. I've been moving around a little bit in different research institutions. 
I made my master thesis at the UA Universität Bochum in Germany. I made my postdoc at the Stanford University in California, in USA. And I've been visiting professor or visiting researcher in, at the Universität Göttingen uh, in Germany, in an Analyticum, a company of biotechnology also in Germany, in Berlin in this case. I've been also working at the University of Sao Paulo as an invited professor in, in Brazil and also at the University of Tokyo in, in Japan um, a few months in each case. Uh, I created a, a research group uh, like uh, 12 years ago. My personal expertise have been always uh, dealing uh, with uh, bioactive products. Uh, first, I was working with anti-tumor compounds when I was a young researcher. Then I moved to antibiotic compounds for their production in bacterial factories. And now, well, what is one of my two fields of research is production of uh, flavonoids and other plant metabolites in, in using bacterial factories. In our group, uh, Bionuc, here at the research, uh, at the Department of Microbiology in the University of Oviedo. We carry out research with diverse natural compounds, antibiotics, antifungals, antitumors from different origins, from plant origin, from bacterial origin or from, from fungal uh, origin. And we always try to resolve uh, medical uh, issues or society issues or problems by enhancing the, the productivity levels of these important compounds to reduce the cost of the production of these anti-tumors, antifungals, or antibacterials. Our group is, is quite a, a multidisciplinary and we have uh, expertise in my, microbiology, classical and molecular, in biochemistry, in genetics, especially for bacteria, and also in analytical chemistry and other processes towards the purification and isolation of natural products from bacteria, from plants, from microalgae, etc. So you're a true citizen of the world and you have experienced all different kinds of work cultures, uh -huh. uh, but also uh, different areas of research with regard to microbiology. I'm sure Irina has to tell us a different, but maybe similar story. Yeah, thank you, Barbara Felipe. Yeah, indeed. Um, actually, I've been working in Biopolis almost more than for 12 years. And I would say I did my professional career in this company because I started as a trainee uh, when I was a student. I'm biotechnologist by my background and uh, with uh, also I did the biomedical biotechnology um, master degree and specialization in oncology. Actually, I'm also coming from oncology uh, field of application, uh, but my professional career, I would say I did mostly in microbial. Uh, area of application, mostly in, I would say, industrial food feed applications. I was in different positions since 2009 uh, from business development, uh, research innovation, project management manager. And uh, currently I'm uh, in charge of uh, open innovation management. This is really exciting um, job. It's, um, it's a strategic cooperation with uh, academia and uh, in private institutions in order to create um, very, uh, very 
disruptive uh, project, uh, projects and opportunities to speed up our research innovations. And of course, uh, with, the, with the view to bring to the market our research innovation and to be able to, to support this uh, very, very hard process of technology transfer from basic or ap applicable research to the market. My background, my experience is really working with uh, very closely with uh, academia group and with uh, private groups to, to create these, uh, these consortia, these uh, symbioses of scientists and uh, industry to support our research. So, Irina, you're working on sort of one end of the process and Felipe is working at the beginning of the process. So, Felipe, why are microbes so important from an industrial point of view and especially in the pharmaceutical sector? Well, um, microbes are everywhere on the planet. And uh, regarding the pharmaceutical sector specifically, uh, microbes are very important in this sector because uh, some of them, like bacteria or fungi, molds, are uh, important factories for different pharmaceutical compounds at different industrial levels or different sector levels. For example, when somebody is going to the pharmacy to get some vitamins, like uh, vitamin B12, this vitamin is produced by bacterial factories somewhere in the planet, in a factory, in a big company. Also, some microbes and bacteria produce after doing different steps of uh, genetic and metabolic engineering, hormones which are uh, needed for some people. For example, insulin is coming usually from a Escherichia coli bacteria, which are having the, the human gene for the biotechnological production of this hormone. When uh, molecular biolo bi biology and biotechnological tools were not so developed 20 years ago or 30 years ago, uh, insulin for treating people with diabetes was being uh, um, purified from other animals, not from humans, and there were some uh, health problems associated to these to these purifications. Some pathogens like virus, for example, it was very complicated for the companies. Uh, but now with biotechnology uh, applied to microbes for production, for example, of insulin, these problems are not uh, anymore taking place and the production titers are bigger and the production costs are much, much lower. Uh, when somebody has a infection, for example, in the stomach or in the lungs and need some antibiotics. Most of the antibiotics which are present in the pharmacies, in the pharmacies are coming from bacteria or from molds. Penicillin, for example, was discovered from a very common mold, a common fungi, like uh, 90 years ago, and was developed as a massive uh, production antibiotic during the Second World War. But some other bacteria are some some bacteria are, are also producing many types of antibiotics, and also antifungals for treating different a different type of infections, and also more specific compounds like anti-tumors and immunosuppressive agents are also produced mostly by bacteria and in some cases also by a few plants and some fungi. So the, 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 the help of microbes to, come, to, to, to treat uh, diseases is uh, broad at different levels and is, uh, they are a very important part 
of our uh, medicine options currently, together with other sectors where microbes are also important, for example, in the food sector, for production of uh, fermented fruits, uh, foods like bread, yogurt, or sausages, or fermented uh, drinks like uh, wine or beer, which is, are more common for human people. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we heard about that in our last episode. <laughs> so, Irina, uh, your company, ADM Biopolis, develops functional ingredients for food. What is that? And can you tell us more about functional food? Of course, functional food, um, it's a really, I would say, uh, one of the hot topics today in the, uh, in the market, in market of uh, food and beverages. Uh, functional food it's a, it's really a food that offers us an opportunity to to have um, health benefits beyond of the, their particular nutritional value so that means that we can have um, you know, food with uh, with increased uh, health value for example with enriched uh, with enriched with some functional ingredients such as vitamins or probiotics prebiotics fiber that uh, we we know that uh, offer these uh, health benefits for human. We all are, are users of these uh, of these functional foods, such as uh, fruits and vegetables. They are natural functional foods with uh, with a lot of um, functional ingredients, such as vitamins, uh, yeah, fibers. Um, and but for sure, we also can produce functional food enriching uh, normal food with a. Uh, with, uh, of course, with a, with a high value, a nutritional value, but also enriching with some additional ingredients, functional ingredients with proved health benefits, such as probiotics, prebiotics, um, botanic extracts, uh, vitamins, fibers. So for sure, all these um, knowledge behind these ingredients offer us opportunity to, uh, to restore some defic deficiencies and health for some particular uh, population and also to boost their health and, for example, immune system. So this is really a, a, a big um, area of knowledge. We are producing uh, these ingredients that, uh, that could be used as um, boosters in the, in, the, in the food or beverages and offering these health benefits. I mean, it's really incredible to see what microbes can do to us, how good they can do. How are you developing concepts for new research projects on microbial production, Philippe? Well, usually the, the first problem that somebody encounters when a researcher wants to, to, to approach uh, the production of a natural compound, whatever, an antibiotic, an anti-tumor or an antioxidant, is the, the, the production level. So when somebody wants to develop a, a, an industrial production method for a specific molecule, this molecule is going to be present in very, very low amounts in the natural producer. Uh, biotechnology can help to, to solve this big problem by trying to develop, uh, in our case, microbial factories. We use bacteria of different types for increasing these production levels in, from the original compound. And this needs uh, the assistance of a lot of very different fields of research, like genetic engineering, for getting the, the genes from the original producer and adapting those genes to the specific characteristics of the cell that you are going to use for this industrial production. 
and at some time you will arrive in the in the lab to a step where you will need the the assistance of specialized companies like Irina was explaining a few minutes ago these specialized companies will help you as a researcher to go from the laboratory scale to the real world product production scale to the to the real industrial scale production uh, with production levels which are uh, measurable me like a uh, in quantities enough to to to, to provide the, the supply of this molecule to, to the population. Uh, in the case of CBO for FLAP project, the consortium has all these steps. It's, it's first multisectorial because in the consortium, in this European team, there are research institutions like several research uh, institutes and, and universities, but there are also companies which are also involved in, in the scaling up of the process that we are developing at the laboratories. I think that is, uh, sounds like a good recipe to combine in a large consortium companies, research institutions, and uh, also smaller and medium enterprises to really cover the whole process chain from the laboratory work to the industrial scale. Irina, are you also involved in the laboratory work, the in vitro processes, and can you tell us more about it? In Biopolis, we, we are covering, I would say, the whole value chain from uh, design of microorganisms, their validation and vitro and vivo, um, and, of, and their scale-up process, uh, optimization of their growing conditions and yeah, in production. And uh, particularly in vitro processes, yes, we have a lot of experience that's basically a very necessary set of uh, biochemical and cellular uh, trials that you have to conduct to understand structural, functional, uh, I would say structural activity, interactions of the molecules. And you need to you have to conduct these trials before to go to the in vivo systems because you can really uh, reduce the number of candidates to support our whole research process. You're using a specific organism quite a lot. It's uh, called in the short nickname C. elegans for Genohabditis elegans. Um, what is this model organism about and what does it do and how do you use it? Uh, C. elegans is really one of the, I uh, would say, um, yeah, perfect model to study. It's an organism that shares most of its gen uh, genome with humans. So this, that's why we can really have uh, we can study uh, different processes, biochemical, biochemical reactions and cellular responses. We can really do these simulations in this model. So we can really go through also molecule and genome studies, understand um, the mechanism of action, and of course also the, the, uh, the lifespan. So the, um, uh, it's really short. So we can really have in, in one month, we can have the, the, all the trials done. No? So that's really um, amazing advantages compared to, to other in vivo models that we have. And also this model, this is really easy to manipulate in the lab conditions. So together with all these advantages, of course, we, we one of the one of the very few private uh, companies that that uh, that has this model as a is a, a very established platform and we can really uh, study so many different applications and uh, and health applications um, both for for as a, for food feed and for cosmetics applications for example and this is really yeah an amazing opportunity for us to have these high throughput uh, screening system 
So just uh, out of curiosity, how does this organism look like? It's a worm. So it's a worm. <laughs> it's uh, two millimet millimeters of worm. So it's really, you can see that basically even without any special, you know, um, yeah, any uh, equipment, but it's uh, normally it's uh, manipulated with uh, with. Um, uh, we in the lab conditions and uh, and it's really it's still I would say uh, very manual process. But we uh, as we have so many years of experience, we already um, achieved to optimize a, a big part of the process with our um, rob robot system that we can prepare automatically the the uh, cell cultures um, milk uh, cell cultures for these uh, for trials that enable us to to conduct much more studies in the same time so this is really reduced the manual um, operational work we can study uh, even thousands of ingredients yeah that's great that you mentioned also the the robotic help that the lab work also is supported by automated processes for now, I want to take a closer look at the research process. So, Philippe, at which state of the research process do you need the collaboration with such a company like ADM Biopolis? Well, in, in the case of Symbio uh, Lab in this in this project, each one of these research groups uh, are uh, approaching a different aspects from the final production chain in these bacterial factories. And our goal is to, to put all together all these steps in a microbial community in order to, to, to get the final product at higher rates. ADM Biopolis, this company, makes the, the initial experiments for putting all the microorganisms all together and trying to develop the best cultivation medium, the best conditions for cultivations, temperature, which nutrients are the best ones, how to to optimize all these uh, different species altogether in order to get the final product, the final goal. Irina, can you tell us a little bit more about that? What does it take to really start producing in larger quantities? Basically, yeah, once we know uh, how to work with the bacteria we selected, um, it is interesting, very uh, necessary to produce them on, 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 on sufficient large scale because, yeah, if we have to ha conduct some in vitro and vivo or even, yeah, produce them for, for the, for the final consumers. So the, we have, we, we really have to understand their full potential. And that's why we need to go, go through all these optimization process. Uh, so in Biopolis, we work with uh, fermenters, um, from very small scale up three milliliters up to three thousand liters of volume and and we have all the necessary experience uh to adapt the growth of the bacteria uh to these working volumes so basically uh, we have to go through different scales this is scale up process to uh adapt the the particular conditions uh, to particular scale and uh, and and of course, during this process, we understand better how bacteria, um, how their behavior in different scales, and we can uh, really adapt the some particular, for example, media or some you know, growth conditions like pH or you know uh, oxygen, whatever. No, so many parameters we have to control at the same time. Thank you. Great. Uh, Felipe also mentioned the the projects in BioForFlav, so it deals with flavonoids production. And maybe we just take a closer look at this. Why are flavonoids so important? And maybe just briefly, what are they? 
Flavonoids are uh, a particular family of compounds or natural compounds, which are usually uh, found in, in all plants, in all vegetables. In these plants, these uh, flavonoids, these compounds, are important uh, in order to protect the plant tissues, like the leaves, for example, for example from solar ultraviolet radiation, which is uh, uh, mutagenic, which will uh, damage the, the plant DNA. But also, plants produce flavonoid to avoid uh, oxidative stress by chemical compounds in nature, which will also eventually damage DNA and other uh, uh, plant cell structures. And plants also produce flavonoids to defend themselves from insects or other predatory like uh, fungi and other pests like some bacteria which can damage or invade the plant tissues. But in humans, flavonoids are very important from other aspects. And these compounds in a human body are also anti-inflammatory, in some cases maybe anti-tumor anti and different uh, applications are or different benefits are provided by these compounds when somebody is taking them from different plant sources as a healthy diet. So in, in this project, SymbioforFlav, we also investigate different bacteria living in or stemming originally from different environments. For example, E. coli naturally lives in our guts at 37 degrees Celsius. Others live originally in the soil. So how can all these different species live together in a common environment, Irina? Yeah, um, so microorganisms, they really have high, very high capacity to adapt to their environment um, and also to coexist with the other microorganisms. And normally they uh, develop the, these uh, symbi symbiosis and um, relationship to support each other. They really uh, use uh, mutual help to grow in the very extreme conditions. So we really can see this, this kind of, um, uh, there, we can see this in the nature. So what we are as a biotechnologist, we can really uh, to reproduce these, we try to reproduce these, uh, these mechanism of, um, of, uh, of adaptation of this macronism to the extreme conditions. And we, we are interested in understand also how they survive in these extreme conditions. And we can understand really which particular metabolites or product of metabolism of these, uh, of these macronisms are responsible for, for protection or for these particular uh, extreme conditions. So this is really interesting um, natural mechanism, but that we're just trying to reproduce in the lab conditions. There are also other challenges. I mean, you're investigating microbial production of flavonoids that show antimicrobial activities. I mean, how is that possible? Yeah, it's 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 all about the, really uh, the balance between uh, the products of metabolism. So basically, what macroorganisms are producing and uh, what harms them. So basically, they can really tolerate uh, some uh, level of their their own products of uh, that could be, like, for example, in case of uh, fungi, you know, like antibiotics. Um, uh, these macroorganisms are really adapted to these products normally, and and they resist them. No? So, of course, up to this particular concentration, because all this, that's also about the concentration we are looking for. Uh, it's, a, it's like bacteria that are able to grow in saline environments. They, they can really withstand concentration of salt um, that would kill them, most of them. 
but they normally resist that um, and uh, they uh, undergo a process of adaptation or di directed evolution. It's quite fascinating how well microbes can adapt to their environment and how hardy uh, their nature is. Uh, they can withstand a lot of different environments too. So, Felipe, your expertise is in the world of medicine. Do you think microbial production can revolutionize medicine? Microbes have been providing chemical weapons, natural chemical weapons, for the last decades in order to, to combat uh, bacterial infections. In the near future, microbes will probably also contribute to, 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 to treat bacterial infections, for example, which are naturally resistant to the current antibiotics, which is a very important problem right now in many countries, including European, European countries. So we need a biotechnology to develop new drugs, which are also able to combat these multi-resistant pathogens. Can you also imagine that microbes contribute to combating cancer? Microbial production can contribute to uh, the treatment of several important diseases like uh, cancer or others, because actually uh, anti-tumor drugs, which are used at clinical level in our hospitals, many of these drugs for treating cancer patients are produced by bacteria or by some fungi, and these microorganisms are cultivated at a big scale in some industries around the planet to obtain these valuable uh, compounds. However, uh, more recently, flavonoids have demonstrated also to be, to be able to fight as powerful weapons against already established cancer cells. We have tested these flavonoids, for example, for treating leukemia, breast cancer or prostate cancer, with also with a very nice positive effects. The presence of flavonoids, uh, together with conventional uh, anti-tumor drugs in these cancer cells, is able to, to allow the same anti-tumor effect with, uh, with, uh, with lower doses. This, very, this is very important from a clinical point of view, because uh, getting the same anti-tumor effect with lower doses of the chemical drug also involves involves uh, lower uh, side effects, which is also a benefit for the for, for the patient. There's an incredible potential here, and and what is your vision for the future? How could microbial research impact society? I get I guess uh, the the most the biggest impact is to, to provide society with novel, novel products, novel molecules, novel, novel proteins, uh, novel foods, novel drugs, uh, at a reduced cost to treat whatever condition you can imagine. Uh, infections, tumors, uh, inflammatory conditions, uh, genetic uh, diseases, uh, many different, whatever aspect you can imagine, in biomedicine and other and in the food sector can be tackled by, by technology using microbes. 
I also agree uh, that actually the, the microbiome and uh, microbial research has emerged as a very powerful tool, powerful yeah, um, area that really uh, will help us to unlock these um, huge relationship between food, health, all the mixed technologies we have now uh, available and with a very, very um, economic you know, cost with a really, um, compared to the previous, I would say 10 years ago, uh, we can now, uh, to, we can really discover new interactions between microbiome and health and, and also use the microorganism in a very efficient way to use them as a biofactories to produce uh, very uh, health, efficient and um, functional ingredients for health applications. And this is really, I, I agree with Philippe, that it's the future. We, we, we have a lot, so many years of experience already uh, in understanding the, uh, the, the how macronism works. But so uh, I would say there's so still more to, to discover because even we have and, and uh, these uh, exciting disruptive products already produced on the lab scale, it doesn't mean that, that they will be available in the market because we need to uh, consider uh, so many factors as a regulatory aspects. We have to consider uh, cost uh, prices for the final for the consumers. So I agree that the future is really bright of the microbial microbial research. It's a very exciting area, but we need still to work hard to to be able to deliver uh, um, really um, powerful solutions to the market. Thank you, Irina and Felipe. I think this was um, a great conclusion and a great vision where we also could grasp the potential microbes bring to our life. Also, thank you so much for sharing your incredible knowledge, Irina Viljajeva from Biopolis and Felipe Lombo from the University of Oviedo, talking in the fascinating conversation about in vitro and in vivo processes and the potential of microbial production for human health also about research processes and production on the larger scale. This was the podcast miniseries Made by Microbes, titled In Vitro In Vivo, as part of the EUH2020 project Symbiofof Love. And um, I, as moderator on the microphone, Barbara Inhof from Liquifer, say goodbye until the next episode. The podcast miniseries Made by Microbes is hosted by SynBio4Flav, a research consortium that has received funding from the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation Program under grant agreement number 814650. Members of the consortium SynBio4Flav talk about their work in and outside laboratories and about their personal visions. 